anyways. I don't want to think about that right now. We can talk about the reason. I Grant, saw, do you know why I've called you here today? Why? Your your performance, uh, you're you're not meeting your your quarterly numbers. That's that's not surprising, but I feel like I should put up a fight. So so what do you what do you mean? What numbers? What I'm, what, I'm what's afraid, a quarter? Uh, the board is is pressing me to make cuts, and your your position here is uh, proving to be no longer financially viable. Wait, was so I you, was I getting paid for you have you have two podcast? options? Well, uh, the the point is, um, uh, you you've got one of two choices. Um, you can either forfeit a firstborn son, um, or a a uh, you you can. Uh, uh, nope, that's the only choice. That's it. The other option just disappeared. So, well, I don't, I don't have one of those. Well, then I'm afraid I'm. I don't going even to have, have a secondborn son. We're we're going to have to uh, let you go. Dang. So clear out your desk. Wait, clear out my desk. Clear, clear it out. All I have is this table, and like I can like take stuff off of it, but like. Is there gum stuck underneath it or anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. Any post-it notes? There, there's a couple. They're on top of it. All right. Um, just unstick those, and then we'll call it good. Okay. Do I do I at least get severance pay? Um, yes, but it's only in the form of cured meats. Ooh, that sounds nice. So you can choose from prosciutto, uh, bacon, or jerky. I feel like. There's a pun here somewhere with charcuterie and cut, you know, like making cuts. Like you're gonna get a, a pay shark. Well, the problem with the pun is that you pronounce them differently in the two different words. It's the same letters but different pronunciation. So I, if, I, I don't think it's gonna work. But that's what my mind jumped to. If I, the only pun I can think of for charcuterie is like is if like Tori was making a charcuterie plate or something. <laughs> I'd call her a, sh- a charcuter cuterie or something. A charcuterie. Like a charcuterie. <laughs> oh my gosh. We live in a time where the expectations for young people are pretty low. It seems like it's hard to be taken seriously when you're young, even in the church. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul says to let no one look down on you for being young, but to set an example for others instead. Well, there's really no time like the present. So join me and my friends as we talk about what it means to be a young Christian today. My name's Alec, and this is Despised for Youth. Hello everyone and welcome once again to another episode of DFY, which obviously stands for Die Hard Fanatics of What Grant? Yakisoba? Yakisoba. So uh, ramen is great, but everyone knows that if you're going to go to the grocery store and you're going to buy some uh, some dried noodle meals for later, you know, you got to be a big boy. Upgrade from that styrofoam cup to that weird black plastic like tray yeah, plate Yeah, it's like a, like a bowl almost. That comes with that very oily sauce that you put on. Yeah, um, okay, now that you're describing it, I'm like, you've definitely had this, and I hadn't even had it, and I knew what it was. Yeah, no, I've had it. As soon as you explained to me what, I mean, because we obviously were talking about this outside of the podcast because we're diehard fans, uh, once you explained it, I knew I had had it. Right, well, so I guess I'm more of like an intellectual fan. You know, I like the... I like to know about it. and You're, you're like more... those Christians that they they know a lot about the Bible, but they don't know the Lord. Ooh, that's deep. What about yakisoba? You can know about God, but do you know God? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just blew my mind, Grant. Whoa! <laughs> there, <laughs> there's so Man, many Mr. of those things. Mr. Navigator's when... leader, you just blew my mind. <laughs> That's not meant to be a jab at the Navigators. I was just picking a college ministry. <laughs> I if it was no, we'll just we'll just let that one go. We'll just move <laughs> right along. Um, well, actually, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned the Navigators because I feel like that gives me sort of uh, something to segue in. It's it's like you know you've given me an opening and now I'm gonna like do the the little mouse thing and like 
scrunch my way in under a door and that's, like in, into your house that's one way to visualize a segue <laughs> well it, it's just to say that you didn't you didn't offer me something great but you gave me something i can work with i'm gonna oh, so turn, like turn this crack into a mouse little turn opening this lemon I into lemonade. <laughs> where yeah. you're like i think i think maybe i can get through there and you just yeah i see what you're saying i'm not a cat okay like i well no maybe i am like a cat because you know here's a fun fact for the listeners cats with their whiskers they can judge if they put their head in an opening they can judge if they're gonna fit through it based on how their whiskers are uh stimulated by the oh. edges of the the crevice or nook or cranny so i'm like a cat and i felt this out in my you whiskers say alec go for it and the longer i wait the worse <laughs> this like is your, gonna be so. your opening is closing like <laughs> it's it's close my whiskers are in. my whiskers are like you're you're running out of time <laughs> here uh so with the navigators and really just all college ministries, one difficulty they have, I, th- I think, is trying to form a Christian community with people from all sorts of different theological persuasions and backgrounds. And it's not to say that that's a bad thing, because it's not. It's just a difficult thing to do. And what I wanted to talk about this episode, I've almost said this week, but uh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> As if we did this weekly. <laughs> that's an insult to it's been a like, month. <laughs> podcasts that actually have regular schedules. <laughs> has it really been a month? Almost. Because yeah, I, really I was has. there at the end of September. Yeah, but then it took me like two weeks to get to the podcast because I was being a turd. Or maybe I had an exam or something. I really don't remember. But anyways, well, uh, yeah, moving right along from that. I think it's it's safe to say that the the goal for the church, you know, the, the capital C church, <laughs> uh, the goal for the Whoa. church as a whole is to be a community of people from all sorts of backgrounds and personalities and things like that. However, uh, there is, there is one right way of like understanding, I guess you could say who God is and just the, the nature of reality. And the problem is none of us have every bit of that puzzle. Like there are obviously some core things that are super important, but I think there's a lot of stuff that people tend to disagree on, and it's, it's difficult to judge uh, how important those things are and how those should affect what sort of level of community we have with other people. So um, do, you have any, do you have any thoughts on this, Grant, following my... Uh, I just kind of monologued a little bit. I want to give you an opening. Well, uh, did you have, like, kind of a an outline for how you want to talk about it or not really man you just think you can just show up to this podcast and i'm just gonna hold your hand right through it don't you it's it's like your podcast and that's something that you've historically done so i mean you have been on more than yeah that is true i kind of i can't really blame you because i've i've enabled you like, like do you or do you not have the notes app open on your phone right now with an outline? Okay, okay, that was a little too far. <laughs> you uh, do, don't you? I have one bullet point. Okay. That, I've I'm already just, I just don't want to completely go in point. a different direction is why I ask, you know. So, like, how do you want to start talking about it? Um, well, we kind of already did. <clears throat> I really have no uh, planned direction for this. Okay. That's all I need to know. The listeners are going to love this part. Yeah, where we're just like, what, what are we doing? I'm we probably going to cut this. I figure. I hope so. Um, okay, well, let's see. So last I, last I asked, Grant, do you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> That's what I That's said. the most open-ended question you could ask. Um, it's supposed to be. Well, maybe we should talk about, or I don't know, maybe we should just briefly cover like what some of those differences are that like you know make people different well yeah that's a good point because people might not entirely know what uh we're talking about here um yeah so like what kind of we're not talking about differences of like oh i am a christian and you're a buddhist you know that's a completely different sort of difference um right we're, we're talking about like differences within you know christian circles right yeah and uh the difficulty is a lot of people can say they're christians and we kind of treat religion in general kind of 
as just something that you can claim to be. And if you claim to be it, then you are whatever you claim to be. And uh, the difficulty with that here is we kind of have to make determinations uh, for the sake of, I guess, ordering our communities and uh, being able to, in our minds, categorize like who, who, I don't, I don't know a good way to say this, like uh, put in, put into categories like uh, this person is someone who I probably should be trying to, I guess, teach in some ways. This is a person who I can learn a lot from. You know, we're always making these judgments of people, um, whether we like it or not. And I think it's important to have a working understanding of that because otherwise the issue you run into, uh, and I think especially as a new Christian, is as soon as anyone says they're Christian, you immediately just mark them like safe in your mind. And you like treat everything they say uh, with um, sort of uh, like this this profound like benefit of the doubt that maybe shouldn't be there. And um, an instance of that would be you say, I'm a Christian. And this other person is like, oh, I'm a Christian too. And you're like, oh, that's great. We're both Christians. We should be good friends and whatnot. You say that in your head because that would be a weird thing to say. But um, then you find out they're a Mormon. And uh, I know Mormons would claim to be Christians. And I'm sorry if any Mormons listen to this. I kind of doubt it. But uh, I don't agree with that classification. And so if someone told me they were a Mormon, I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize them in my mind as, you know, like this is a Christian brother and sister. And um, the implications of that, I guess, are uh, another topic altogether. But I think that's one of the big, big reasons why we need to understand the differences between, uh, I guess, denominations and sects and uh, thoughts of or schools of thought. Yeah. And especially, I think more and more in our world today, like, exclusion is like according to the culture like a big old crime you know like at best you're like just a big meanie if you're not including everyone at Mm -hmm. worst it's like that's actually a very like horrible thing to do you know you're being like immoral and dehumanizing if you're like not including anyone who wants to and i'm not like there's a difference between you know if you're playing like a board game and someone walks up and like you don't include them and they want to play like yeah sure you're a meanie but i'm talking about like what you're saying where in the church there is a difference between like actual christians and non-christians and that doesn't mean like you should not let people come to church if they're not a christian but it does mean like you know if you don't believe in Jesus, like, if you're, if you're not a true Christian, you shouldn't be taking the Lord's Supper, like, you shouldn't be baptized, there are parts of, like, church community that you cannot be a part of, because you do not believe the same things, like, you're not actually a part of the body of Christ, sure, yeah, you're welcome to keep visiting church, like, that, I have no, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about, you know, but, like, we are, there is exclusion that needs to be made in the church, Uh, between like people who actually like believe and who don't believe and that includes like people who would say like oh I'm a Christian because like I kind of like some of the moral rules Jesus taught and it's like well do you believe he died and rose from the dead and they'd say oh no I don't believe in that well then you're not actually a Christian like I'm sorry you think you are but you're not yeah and uh like you said on the note of uh, exclusion not being uh, an exciting thing that is looked favorably favorably upon in the culture. Uh, the the purpose of being able to make these distinctions is not to label like friend from enemy because enemies are not the people who disagree with us. Like uh, the enemy is Satan, and nobody is Satan. So and you shouldn't uh, equate them to that. So anyone who is not a Christian or believes differently or or anything like that, even is opposed to Christianity, they're not an enemy. They're just not, uh, I guess, in the church. Yeah. And like, I feel like it hardly even needs to be said that like, in our world today, we're so divided that like so many people consider like people who have different beliefs and views from them as like the enemy. But it's like, of all people, Christians should not be doing that, not only because it's wrong, but also because, like, we don't believe in Jesus because we are smart enough and good enough and, like, we looked at the facts and, like, 
we're just really good at figuring these things out. And if someone doesn't believe in it, they're dumb. Like, no, like the only reason that you're a Christian is because of God's grace. You know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn to Jesus for forgiveness unless God gave that to you. So it's like, you have no reason to be able to look down on anyone who disagrees with you. Like you have no reason to be able to label anyone as like the enemy. And also like, you know, we're not supposed, like, we're not supposed to be fighting people who don't agree with us, who don't believe the gospel. We're supposed to be sharing the gospel with them and like praying that they do come do it, you know? So like on all accounts, like if you are looking at people who disagree with you as the enemy, like you are looking at things wrong. Right. Exactly. Like that's, that's a huge point. The, um, well, we'll get, we'll get more into, uh, kind of some applications of this later. I think one of the logical next things to talk about would be what are, the key, I guess, points of information that you would want to be made clear in order to kind of determine whether or not someone, uh, well, this is a difficult question because the goal is not to determine whether or not people are Christians, because ultimately it's not our job to determine whether or not people are saved. But I think there, there is a level, there's kind of like three camps. There's one where it's like, I'm pretty sure this person's not a Christian. And it's important that you can make that judgment for yourself for practical reasons, not for assessing the person. And then the second camp would be, uh, this person is a Christian, I think, in, you know, in my assessment, and the practical applications uh, differ, because in this camp, it's a person who's a Christian, but we're different enough in our, in our beliefs, and uh, in the things that are probably, um, they're non-essential to the faith. Uh, we're different enough in those that it'll, it'll affect how I interact with this person. And then the third camp would be like, uh, you know, everything's all good. Like we're, we're close enough that, uh, you're in, you know, the third camp. So d- does that make sense? Or would you add anything to that? No, like, I feel like what you're describing, well, just kidding. No. Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense to have those different levels of distinction. Um, and actually what, in prompted me to say let's do this topic today is because the other day I was listening to a, a White Horse Inn podcast which by the way great example of what we're talking about where like you know there's different differences <laughs> different differences um but like the the host of the White Horse Inn you know you've got like a Baptist a Lutheran a Reformed guy and a Presbyterian but like I always tell people who I'm recommending it to, like, it would take you, if you didn't already know that, it would take you a while of listening to figure that out. Because, like, they rarely, you know, straight up just say, like, oh, and, you know, I'm a a Lutheran or whatever. And, like, they only talk about, like, the things that they all agree on, which is, like, most things. Like, really, I think the the main things that divide them are, like, baptism and some church polity stuff. But, like, compared to, like, the overwhelming majority of, like, everything there is to talk about with Christianity, it's, like, they just talk about, you know, what they talk about is all the, like, stuff they agree on. So, like, that's a good example of, you know, where, like, yes, they do have differences, and they they don't deny that their differences are important. Like, when they do talk about those things, they'll be like, yeah, and this is, like, a major difference that is why we are in different denominations but we are still, you know, brothers, like we are still so much more united than we are divided. I just Mm -hmm. wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be a regular member at your church, you know? Um, Yeah. But anyway, they had like an episode, um, not talking specifically about this topic, but like one thing they brought up was there's kind of like this old saying of, uh, what is it? It's like in the essentials, unity in the, I guess just non-essentials, charity i think it is what i I think it's charity and then in uh, in all things something i should have gone back and like written it down i'm glad you really knew this quote (laughs) before you decided to bring i got i got like half of the words (laughs) because imagine if you didn't really know the quote and you just kind of stumbled over it literally like it's and it's the worst part is it's like a quote where every word really matters, you know? So it's yeah. like, I really just went and said like, man, it's like, uh, I don't know the quote, but. And I want to give you some credit, but I feel like you didn't even <laughs> half know the quote. I'm going to try again. I'm just going to like fill it in. And if it's wrong, sorry, but I think it's in, in the. <laughs> 
in the essentials unity, in the non-essentials charity, in all things love, maybe? The, the last part is the only part that I'm, like, not sure about. The, it the should first, end in ITY, I The think. first two things, like, I'm pretty sure that's what they are. Yeah, that's why I'm like, is it love, or is there another word that ends in TY? The point of the quote is that, you know, the things that we, that are central to the faith, like, you know, the gospel, like, Jesus dying and rising from the dead, and that being our basis for justification that's like you need to have that to be a christian and if you do have that you are a christian you know that's why it's like unity it's like if someone agrees with you on those things they are your brother you know like it doesn't really Mm -hmm. matter what other differences they have they they might have a lot of differences beyond that but it's like if they agree on that that's the essentials so you are united to them if you agree on that and then like in the non-essentials charity if that is what the word they used it might be liberty i don't know but the point of that part of it is like the things that you do disagree on like those aren't things that you can like you know kill each other over as long as like what you you know as long as you can make a biblical defense of it like you can't go to someone and be like i can't have communion with you because you baptize infants and i don't you know like does that make sense yeah, yeah, and uh, it's interesting you describe that white horse and dynamic because I think that fits into the second camp that I made up, but there's so much diversity within that, uh, within the differences we have that would affect, you know, what I do. Because in, in that instance, they would say, like, yeah, we disagree on a couple things in a lot of its church uh, organization and a couple things about, like, baptism and really the extent of that is they just probably, you know, they wouldn't be members at each other's churches. But then there are other instances where I could think someone is, you know, I could, I, we could be aligned on the essentials and, you know, we're, we're Christian brethren, but because of some of their takes on things like, uh, maybe they're, uh, egalitarian and maybe they're Ar- Armenian and maybe they're extremely politically vocal about everything and uh, you know it's like there are things where I would probably I would have a hard time associating much with another Christian like that because there would be so so many differences and so many things in their theology that I didn't agree with I, I just think it would be there would be probably a further degree of separation just not because I think they're a bad person or anything, but because we have so many disagreements that I just think there's not there's not much to not really much we could talk about, I guess. Like I probably wouldn't be in a I wouldn't even be in a Bible study that was led by someone like that because uh, I just I don't know. You really have to feel out the situation, but um, do you kind of get the the contrast I'm trying to draw here? Yeah, but I still think that falls under the umbrella of like, if they do believe the basics of the gospel, you do have some degree of unity with them. And it it, it might not be where it might be where you're like, we don't really have much like we don't really have anything else we agree about. And like, but like you, that's okay, you know, and like, like we're saying, it's like, that means they are not they're not against well they're not like your enemy you know you can't like color them as like oh we don't agree on anything because it's like actually you agree on the most important thing you just disagree on everything else right and and the the quote that you gave i like how and i'm assuming it's in uh disagreements charity or whatever the second thing was i think that's important because um i i believe pretty strongly that if someone is like a like an actual christian brother slash sister i feel like there's got to be a better way to say that um but if someone's an the actual greeks another... had a had a word for it that was like gender neutral i think right so only... wait who or isn't it is it <clears throat> you know how like you're reading your bible and you'll come across where like paul says like brothers and at least in my Bible or like one I had in the past, like there'd be a footnote there every time. And you look at the bottom and it says like something to the effect of like it can something. be translated like brothers and sisters or something like that. Oh, and I don't I'm know thinking... Greek, so I don't know what the deal there is. Like Gerard says Christian friends. Yeah. But anyway, so it's like Christian friends. Today we're in the book of Rome. What I was wondering um, is if like that Greek word is like actually gender neutral or if it's like just like a meaning thing, you know, where it's like he says brothers, but we know that that includes women too, you know. I really I don't, don't know. know. 
it's hard to say but anyway uh, where was i going oh yeah um i i definitely believe that if someone is you know if you consider them to be a christian brethren then you should not uh like you should assume the best about them. And uh, like, I would want someone who disagreed with me on, you know, any of those things that I named, like whether it's our political disposition, whether it's like Calvinism, Armenianism, whether it's, you know, complementarianism, egalitarianism, I would want them to say about me, they are doing their best with the knowledge they have. And, uh, you know, the grace God has given to them to have a faithful understanding of scripture and, you know, be faithful in that. Um, so I would, I would try to say that about other people as well. And, um, there is kind of some difference where you have to, uh, like, you know, you have to kind of address like teaching moments and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe other things, but you know, the, the bottom line is like wherever some, someone disagrees with you, even if you don't consider them like someone that would be like your close, you know, like your right hand man, like you would trust anything they told you, take any advice they gave you, you still need to, uh, uh, assume the best about them and um and love them in that way because that's uh what god did for us through jesus so uh that's what we should do for one another if they're in the church at all yeah see well and the so the context for that quote i had from the white horse Inn, like obviously that quote can like stand alone welcome to our white horse Inn fan cast <laughs> i i would be in that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway <laughs> most of what i know about theology is like either the white horse Inn or like there's a few other sources but they're definitely the biggest but anyway like the context that they brought up that quote in is you know we said like in the essentials unity and the non-essentials charity and they and i think this was an old broadcast too from like at least 10 years ago but they were like lately though it seems like that's been flipped you know where people like, a lot of, you know, modern churches, especially, you know, like, liberal evangelical churches will say, like, oh, well, you know, we have people here who, like, they're, they have a lot of different understandings of, like, what Jesus did, you know, and, like, who Jesus is and, like, you know, even, like, justification. It's, like, we're not really hard and fast about the whole, like, justification thing or, like, the atonement. Well, like, we have a lot of different understandings about that. But, like, what's important is that we all believe and fill in the blank with something else that's, like, not the gospel, you know? And it's, like, mm -hmm. and maybe it's, like, often, I bet now, it's, like, a political thing where it's, like, your church is much more about being liberal or, or conservative than it is about, you know, the gospel, or like, you know, we all believe in loving one another or something like that. Yeah, and it's like if if there's a Mormon in your church, it's like, oh, that's fine. You know, you're just doing your best to follow Jesus too. But like if they say like, oh, well, I'm pro-life or pro-choice, whichever one you don't hold to, you're like, oh, we're, we don't agree on anything. You know, I can't have fellowship with you. Like, I feel like that's... You know, they said whenever that broadcast was like, that's kind of what our world is becoming. And I think that's even more true today. And, and if you're listening to this, just kind of a, a note and since Grant used the example of pro-life, pro-choice, just because I'm assuming that was the first thing that popped into his head. Don't bristle at that because we're not making a case about that. That was just yeah. a random political nope, issue. Nope, that I, I, think... didn't actually, <laughs> I didn't actually take a position. I just said it. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking but some I, people would be yeah, like, never mind. You, you can't make a pro-choice. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I agree no, with you. Like... But like, that's not the point. That's That's not at all the point. Grant was not saying that. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Where it's just like, yeah, I was just like, I was basically just picking a political thing. Yeah, you should you should have picked there. something else because I, <laughs> well, I don't know. If sorry. We... <laughs> you picked the worst one, the least defendable. Yeah, but yeah. you understand the point of it's like their point is like the gospel is becoming like according to most people's like understandings of things. It's like, oh, that's not you know, it's not essential that we agree on everything with that versus other yeah. things it's like oh this is what unites us you know our mm -hmm. political cause or just our view on whatever else this is it's like that's become like this is our uniting central doctrine and that's messed up that you have that yeah so let's talk about some more practical applications of uh this idea which you know we kind of already are but um i want to give an example that uh happened for me not that long ago so we have our, our student Bible study at the med school and, uh, you know, different people come every week. And one week, a, a girl came who she 
she had been to one or two of the online intro ones and so i knew she was fairly catholic um and i know this because she you know brought it up and she i think did something with some catholic campus ministry for a while point is um i was a little i was a little leery because during the study i felt like she you know i kind of just had like this sense that this was happening and by the end of it i was kind of convinced of it 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 felt like she had sort of come there ready to you know take up the flag of catholicism and um um, this is this is one of the things that I think is important to like be aware of when you're in these uh, cross denominational and just kind of open communities where uh, you know like a Bible study or something. You have to be sort of on guard to fight off putting up denominational lines and emphasizing denominations. Like I tried to uh, emphasize like you know, it doesn't matter like what denomination anyone's from, like we're here to talk about the Bible. And as long as you can say what you think and reason through it from the Bible, like I don't really care, you know, what you claim to be, because that's what, you know, that's what we're all about. But it's difficult because with Catholicism, that's a tricky one where you can, you can claim to be a Catholic and you could have like different views on stuff and I don't really know what to make of that because creedal Catholicism I would say like isn't you know it gets wrong some of the essentials but I've also met Catholics who I think probably are just bad Catholics so to speak and I you know it's it's a weird situation but the bottom line is being aware of the the distinctions between uh different schools of thought and having sort of an idea of how to navigate that I think is really important yeah and yeah that's much more important than like being able to say you know just label yourself as like oh i'm catholic or oh i'm presbyterian if you don't actually know like what that means and like what the different like sects of that are like that doesn't matter for anything you know all that is is like just a label that you're using to like divide yourself from others basically and it's like division for the sake of division should never be the goal you know it's like just like saying like i don't know never mind i don't know what another good example of that is i think i think you're on to something good because with denominations denominations can change what they think so you can't you shouldn't identify as like i am a baptist but i think it makes sense to say i go to a baptist church because well even that that is so broad like that could mean anything but the point is for example like the ecl elca like for you know decades ago they were i guess more conservative with their theology and now they're to the point where they'll you know they'll have like like a lesbian pastors or something and it's just that goes to show that if you identified as I am a Lutheran and that was what your theology and your Christian identity was centered around, well, that's that's malleable. That can change. But if you're if you're just a Christian and you're trying to um, hold your theology as close to the Bible as you can and as as much as you can understand it, you can't go wrong there. The only thing that you can do is further develop and get a better understanding. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I just. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just imagining, like, in relationships with others, it's, like, just immediately labeling yourself as whatever, like, denomination you think you are, and, like, having that be kind of, like, the starting point of your conversation with others about Christianity, whether they're Christians or not, like, that's not doing you any good, because, like, if they're Christians, and you're throwing that out there, it's just, like, putting up a wall that, like, it's, like, putting up a wall between yourself and them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I liked how you almost said, like, what kind of wall? And then just, no, just That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was not going to define Walk what that kind back, of just wall a wall. <laughs> a wall. Specifically, like a, like, a, like a brick wall. Not like drywall. <laughs> it's not as easy to punch through, you know? That reminds me of, like, the shirt is made of nylon. What's that pants, from? Or shirt tucked into the pants. What is that from? He's got a big blue label on. Oh, that's from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you. That's from me. Wow. <laughs> you quoted me and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on that line of not thinking on that subject, I guess, uh, 
say you're in that Bible study and you have someone who uh, kind of brings up, I, I guess just brings up something that you can see that there's a difference. Now, uh, on in this particular example, it was pretty clear that a conversation about this, in my mind, a conversation about this was not going to be edifying to anyone. It was just going to stir up some sort of division. Um, and so, you know, that's one product of possible differences in the non-essentials. But there are also instances where someone can, you know, say what they think. And you can tell that this is a moment where you can impart some sort of knowledge on one another. And uh, maybe maybe it's a teaching moment for you to teach someone else and hopefully try and, you know, reach someone something. Or maybe it's just, you know, you better understand each other. How do you feel that out? I think it depends in part what the issue is, because if it's, you know, if it's someone saying like, mm -hmm. I don't really believe that Jesus was a person, that's a lot different from them saying like, yeah, I kind of lean more toward infant baptism or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what what other factors would you consider, I guess? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if this is exactly <laughs> the sort of answer you're looking for, but I do think one thing to consider is like just maintaining your relationship with the person because uh, I'm just trying to think of the right way to articulate what I'm thinking. Because if there's a wall, then there's like a brick wall. Like you got to determine like, is this a hedge or is it sort of some sort of masonry? Do you have any, do you have like a saw available? Like, is that, is that an option? Uh... <laughs> I kind of lost my train of thought. I think where I'm you know, going with this is like, um, I don't know where I was going with it anymore. What's the question again? Um, you were talking about like depends on your relationship with them because you're trying to preserve it, I guess. Yeah. And I guess like there, I think there are some circumstances where it's like, if somebody was like disagreeing with you and it's like about you know there's some situations where it's more like an evangelism kind of situation where they're like wait but like how do we know jesus really rose from the dead and it's like oh well now's your cue to like make a defense and try to persuade them of something else but like i think that's you know i have like friends who go to different churches than me and like we maybe disagree on like some minor things like you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to list examples, but it's like, there's no, there's no real point for me in those friendships of like bringing it up or even if it is brought up to like try to convince them of something else, because they probably already have like a pretty good, you know, they have good reasons for believing what they do believe. And if it's not essential, like they are a Christian and like the examples I'm thinking of are the kind of, you know, we kind of said there's a little, there's a bit of a difference between like you know, maybe you and like someone who's completely opposite with you on everything else. Maybe you both believe in Jesus and it's like, okay, you got that, but nothing else. But it's like, I think in most cases, the people you're relating to, it's probably going to be like, you agree on most things, or at least like a majority of things. There's just some things mm -hmm. you disagree on. And yeah, like mm -hmm. I said, for most of my friends, it's like, they probably have good reasons for believing what they believe. So the only, like me trying to convince them to change their mind about those things it's probably not going to go anywhere. All it's probably going to do is like annoy them and maybe harm our relationship. And like, that's just bad all around. And like, it would maybe even be a bad witness if there's other people there who are not like as solid. So does that kind of make sense of like, those are a couple yeah. different situations. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I guess I would just add on a little bit to that. Not to say like uh, your point lacked anything, but more things to consider, I guess, are um, you have to be able to feel out why a person thinks differently than you because uh, kind of like what you said, um, I would say that if you can tell that a person has like a biblically reasoned viewpoint, that's something that I'm not really concerned with trying to change a person's mind on but um for example like the calvinism Armin arminianism issue if someone could point me to like you know several different verses and say like look this is a clear example of prevenient grace and and then god like allowing this person to choose and you know i would say like okay this person like i feel like they are they are highly regarding the bible as the source of truth so i don't need to interject myself here but if i could tell 
uh, like if someone I, I knew was saying like, oh, that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I don't uh, I don't think that would be fair. Like uh, that doesn't seem right. That's different. And that's something where I would want to talk about how that's being reasoned out of the Bible for someone. And the point is not to convince them, but to show them that they need to believe based on biblical passages and, and not just based on what makes sense to them in sort of like a, a de novo logistical progression or something. And um, of course, there are a lot of other factor, factors, and especially with an issue like that, you kind of have to gauge how well you know the person. But um, like there's no there's no point in engaging people if they're if you have an I have a sense that they are uh, biblically basing their their positions um, unless it's a an essential I would say but because uh, if someone if someone is reasoning that are non-essentials from a scripture for all you know you're the one who's wrong because I mean it's possible you know if they if they can read the Bible and uh, make this case like you have to you should probably spend more of the time trying to solidify that what you think that's different is true rather than worrying about convincing some other person. Mm-hmm. I think another uh, another thing to consider is um, you kind of have to consider the maturity difference and if there's uh, a dynamic with like age or uh, sort of, I, I guess, like respect or reputation. Like if someone was my age and they were like a newer Christian, I would feel more comfortable trying to uh, like talk with them about something and, you know, potentially trying to, I guess, change their mind um, versus someone who's been like a, a longtime Christian and is my age, I would just feel less, less comfortable. And if someone was younger than me, I would feel more comfortable. Whereas if someone was older than me, I would be less inclined to do so. And um, these aren't like things that I, I guess are directly biblical principles, although I, I think you could you could point to the verse in Timothy where it's like, don't rebuke uh, an older man, but speak to him as you would a father. But the point is like you have to you have to take wisdom into account in interactions as well and feel out is this gonna have a positive outcome on everyone involved or is it more likely to devolve? Yeah, and like another I think thing to mention on that is well, I think one thing that's kind of been lost, like, in our world today is situations in which you just disagree with someone and you talk about that disagreement and that's it. Like, it's fine. It's not a fight. And it's not you're one of you trying to, like, change the other's mind and, like, one of you wins and the other loses. Like, that needs to be a thing that Christians are able to do is just, like, disagree and, like, you know, like we've been saying this whole this whole episode, like as long as you're not disagreeing on the essentials, like you should come away with a disagree from a disagreement like that, you know, able to say like, yeah, this person, you know, they are a fellow Christian. So they're my brother or sister, like regardless of this thing we disagree on. And like, you know, in so many circles today, it's like if you disagree on something with someone and you're talking about it, like it's either a fight or like one of you is convincing the other. And it's like, that's not always the case. And you need to be able to have a conversation like that. Yeah. And some of the danger nowadays, I guess, is when people have uh, different political persuasions and try to make it a case of like, if you were really reading the Bible or if you're really holding to Christian principles, you couldn't think this or that or, you know, and uh, certainly there are going to be there are going to be some cases like that. Like you couldn't, you, you, you know, let's not get into it, but there there are obviously going to be like, oh, we're going to make a law that it's OK to murder people. Like, yeah, there's a line. There's a line somewhere. But that's a big danger nowadays, I think. And I think it's uh, threatening to divide the church pretty pretty uh dangerously i just use dangerous again. <laughs> yeah well, that's I'm a like, dangerous thing to do very dangerous the the thing is you know and like again kind of like we've been saying this whole time is only the christian worldview can make you say like even if it's like an important disagreement with someone 
only the Christian worldview can make you come away from it and stay, say, well, but this person still isn't my enemy. You know, like no matter what they disagree with you on, you can't call them your enemy because right. if they're another Christian, it's like you are actually united to them far more than you are divided from them, whatever your disagreement is. And if they're not a Christian, they're still not your enemy because you want them to be a Christian and you want to love them and like hope that they will change and like you know no other i don't think any other worldview like gives you that and like that's why you know you look around at just the world apart from christianity it's like yeah everyone kind of hates each other and like all these disagreements are so divisive and it's like well it's because you don't really have anything uniting you there's a there's a quote that i heard recently i can't I want to say it might have been like a Spurgeon quote, but it, oh, great! Another quote he doesn't know. Yeah, it very well. I know the quote this time. I just don't remember who <laughs> said it. Okay, like I, I think it might have been Spurgeon, but like it very likely might have not been. But that doesn't matter. The quote is like whoever said it. They, I, I just know it was a little like in the past, but they just like straight up said like, "Look, you're a Christian first. And whatever else second, like you, you can't call yourself American first or Republican or Democrat or white or black or man or woman. Like all of those things are second. Like you are a Christian first, you are fill in the blank second. And like, that's something like the world would not take that view on anything, you know? Like, yeah, like, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, if you really think about that internalize, it's like, that's very like subversive to like, the culture that wants you to think that your identity is like made up of all of these things. And like, you can kind of pick what's most important. It's like, no, actually, if you're a Christian, that's the most important part of your identity, whether you like it or not, like everything else comes second. Yeah. I was having a conversation with uh, some people based on, uh, I guess it was based on a, a political disagreement. I, I was more or less just saying, we shouldn't we shouldn't take a political stance as like a Christian group because, you know, it, not all the members are in agreement on this and it's not right to put up. And it like it turned into this whole issue. And um, one of the one of the people in the conversation who, you know, was black, they were uh, kind of saying, I, I, I just I want to make this brief because it's not that important, but I just want to underscore the issue you said, like more or less they they were addressing people were addressing one another based on like well you know we're like white we're black and 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 so like you know we have this level of credit and um i i thought it was so so anti-biblical because you cannot look at another christian and put race before anything else you can't put gender before anything else like or you know political persuasion it it is it is something that is so destructive to uh what our Christian community is supposed to be, because ultimately we're united by Christ above all things. And, um, everything else is secondary. And it's like, you know, there's neither slave nor free, no Jew nor Greek. And, and like, honestly, those, those can just like get right out of the conversation because I really don't think that that should ever change the way that we treat one another within the church. And, um, it's really sad that we're getting to that point where, um, I think these things are threatening to become more and more prominent uh, as disruptions in Christian discourse. Well, and like you said, there's like places where that's specifically addressed in scripture of, you know, there is no Jew nor Greek, male nor female. I've, I've heard it said, like, I don't, I don't know because I am not a historian or a pastor or anything, but I think I've heard it said that the Another kind of quote. here we go this isn't even a quote okay <laughs> shut up the rift between like jews and greeks or jews and samaritans like it was even more intense than the rift in our society now between like whites and blacks or whatever you know uh, like i've just heard it said that racism is like not even as bad like it's not like it's worse now than it's ever been like it, it, there are times in history where it was way worse and that's still where paul you know, Paul still said in those circumstances, like, look, your race is not what's most important. If you are a Christian, like these other Christians are your brothers and sisters, you are closer to them than you are to people of your own race who are not Mm -hmm. Christians. You know, you're closer to them than people in your own family who aren't Christians. Yeah. And that, that needs to come first. Like when we're, when we're determining where our, our, I don't know, our greatest loyalty, I don't like saying it like that, but 
where our loyalties lie and who the people we most closely associate with are. It has to be the church first and um, like other Christians. It can't be based on anything else. But um, something you said earlier that I, I wanted to also repeat and underscore and control v bold italicize and um was no other worldview no other religion no other uh way of i guess interacting with other people i had to have a third thing and i really stumbled for it there and no other third thing um <laughs> they n- <laughs> that joke is always funny to me i love that joke <laughs> and this should always have three items um <laughs> no other thing treats people with the the level of grace that Christianity does. And, and part of the reason of that is with any religion, with any uh, school of thought, any political persuasion, any of those things, uh, any fourth things, you can <laughs> subscribe to it. You can choose to be a part of it and like, oh, you're in. And because you chose to do that, you are now in the end group and you're good. But whereas with Christianity, it's not like you're a Christian because you picked God or at least, you know, you know, not if you're a Calvinist, uh, but it's because God, even though you were in the wrong and you were rebelling, he chose to have mercy on you despite you not deserving it whatsoever. And so when, when someone like, I don't know, Republican or Democrat, they look at the other side and they say, ah, these like morons, these fools, um, it's easier for them to say that because it's like they chose out of their own free will to be a part of that and just like subscribed to it because of the the influences they had and you know they were persuaded to do so whereas with with christianity it's you had to be rescued out of what you were in so you can't look at anyone and be like ugh, these these non-christians like uh, if only that you you have to understand like god never did that with you so you have no right to do that to anyone else yeah, and on the other side of it, where, like, with other Christians, it's, like, I don't think people maybe grasp fully, maybe, I don't know, maybe they do. I think there's some people out there who don't grasp fully that, uh, yeah, like you're saying, Christianity, it's not a club, and it's not something that, you know, you can just choose, and if you don't like it, you can leave. You know, it's it's not like a club like a bird watching club where you go and you're with the other bird watchers but then you leave and like you don't really have anything else to do with them it's like if you're a christian these people you are in a family with them and you're united to them and like that should be a comfort honestly because like you know like i said earlier there's really no other worldview out there where you have this like deep unity you know i think people try to manufacture that i think there's a lot of organization because you know people want connection and to be loved you know everyone wants that and so there's a lot of like manufacturing that where like I think non-Christians try to find that kind of community in things like clubs or friends or whatever it is but you really can't find that anywhere else where it's like God actually takes all these different people and makes us a family and we're united and like that's a good thing because that means like if you're a Christian you can never say like oh I'm so alone like Sure, like, I'm not saying Christians can't be lonely. What I'm saying is that, like, if you're a Christian, actually, you're never as alone as you think you are because, like, you always have the body. Like, you can find other Christians and reach out to them. And, like, even if you've, even if you barely know them, it's like they are your brothers and sisters. And there, I mean, you know, there's, we could talk more about that, but I feel like that's going into a different subject. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of nearing the end. Yeah. Of- having not a headache so i'm 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 willing to call it call it not call it quits uh to put a put a a bow on this stamp it throw it in yeah 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 do you have a headache i'm starting to yeah it's it's from sitting at the computer i think i've been working Uh, on been working on an ortho video recently and uh yeah. I've been working on a video for camp and it's almost done. Oh good. That's nice. like how it's coming out. Well, you know, this is as good a time as any to transition into the the bookmark say or the bookend segment, bookmark segment. Where we talk about different. books. <laughs> Same podcast, um, different topic. It's now about books. It's no longer a Yakisoba podcast. Yeah. But Grant, what's been working for you lately? Um, okay, so I 
I've been ready to answer this question for like two weeks now. <laughs> like, I just mean like I found something where I was like, oh man, like when he asks me what's working for me, this is going to be it. And it is, there's a band that I found a couple weeks uh-huh. ago that I really like. Um, they're called Surfaces. Like, Interesting. you know, like, like surfaces in your kitchen or something. And uh-huh. the reason my mind jumped to that example is because like one of their album covers is just like this kind of drawing of a kitchen. So it's like they're, they're playing on that pun, but they're really good. They, I don't know how they describe themselves, but they're like, to me, they sound kind of like, a bit of reggae, a bit of, I don't even know. It's kind of, they're from California and it definitely feel, a lot of it feels like California, like beachy or like chill music, like hmm. good vibes, you know? So it's good. It's like feel good music. Um, How'd you find it? It just, one of their songs, I think, yeah, definitely their most popular song. You know, they're like, they're like one of those bands where they wrote a song that kind of, became pretty popular and that's kind of how they gained more fame um Mm -hmm. that just showed up on my like at the bottom of one of my like spotify playlists you know where it's like songs you might like based on us spying on you and i listened and i was like oh this is good and i had a moment where i was like so i like this song and i add it to a playlist i'm like do i check out the band to see if the other music is good because i do that a lot where i find one song i like and then if I go check out the band, often I'm disappointed where I'm like, ah, I really only like this one song by them. So I almost mm-hmm. like didn't even bother because I was also like running or something. But I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll see what I'll see what their other songs are like. And I started listening to them and I was like, wow, they're, all their stuff is really good. I don't know if I like all their songs. Like, I mean, I don't think there's any that I hate, but there's a lot of their songs that I'm like, I really like this. So if anyone's looking for a, a band to check out. And you have Grant's music tastes, which are pretty broad, if I do say so myself. Then check out Surfaces. Some of their songs that you might like are Sunday Best, um, Take It Easy is good, uh, Heaven Falls is good, Keep It Gold is good, I Could Keep Going, I'll just stop there. (laughs) If you like those ones, then just keep listening to the rest of it, because you'll probably like the rest too. Oh, cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I feel like you might like them. I don't know. I feel like our music tastes are pretty different at this point. So, like, I never know if you would like what <laughs> I like. <laughs> I just don't listen to a lot of music anymore. Yeah. I, which is, like, a sad, like, I'm dead inside sort of thing to say. But I think I listen to more different stuff now than ever. Like, I have, like, a long list of bands where, like, there like a long list of bands that I still actually actively listen to where I'll just be like, huh, I'm feeling like this band today. And there's like a lot of bands in that list. So I'm not saying that to brag. That's just, that's just where I'm at in life. Bragging about what you like for music is a very stupid thing to brag about anyway. So high <laughs> like, why would you? Oh man, I listen cares? to so much music. I know so much. No music. one cares. <laughs> Good. That's a real marketable skill there. Yeah. Anyway. So what's been working for you, Alec? Well, I have two answers for this. Um, I should get another answer to you. I have another one, but you go ahead first. Okay. So one of the reasons why I don't listen to that much music is when I'm working on stuff or chilling, a lot of times I like to take my iPad here next to the computer and watch like Netflix or something. And recently I, uh, I finally finished all of my 600 pound life. So, you know, I need something else to watch. And I found out that I enjoy, there's a large collection of, of this on Netflix. It's called Forensic Files, and it's like criminal uh, mystery sort of stuff. And it, it's nice because they, you know, they always catch the killer at the end. And it's, uh, em- it emphasizes, I guess, forensic means of finding stuff. So it'll be something where like they manage to nab a killer based on like, a single piece of hair that they found in the trunk of a car or like a, like a fiber from a sweatshirt that they're able to like do all this and they can, it, it's interesting. I just, I like that. So I've been grinding through some of those as I've been uh, working and chilling. And then another thing that's been working for me is uh, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I am doing a little bit of freelance video type work with, um, 
medical staff education videos that are trying to be tastefully not boring, I guess. And I needed I needed a better better space to film in. And so I reached out to my medical school and I said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Is there anywhere I can do this because I would like more space? And they said, oh, we actually have a recording studio with like a green screen and like lights and stuff. Maybe you can use that. And so I talked with the media guy and they're going to let me use it. And so I went in and I recorded some footage. I was talking with the guy beforehand and uh, I asked him, like, how much stuff do they record here that they have a green screen studio? And he's like, yeah, before COVID, I was recording like probably three times a week. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? And he said, now, nowadays, it's his exact words were, it, it, it's pretty much a ghost town. And uh, I was like, well, that's a shame because I would, I would kill for something like this. And he said, you know, uh, you seem like you kind of know what you're doing. So maybe you can use it like, you know, for other stuff too. Like, and we can find a way for you to, you know, get more access. So now I'm pretty psyched because, uh, I will get to use like this awesome space. And so that's pretty sweet. I'm, I'm very happy with it. That's pretty neat. But I just want to point out that maybe it's just cause it's like near Halloween, but like the way you describe that, I feel like if done in a certain mood, this could be the lead up to like a horror movie because you're like, you know, this this great studio that you don't know existed. And the guy is like, yeah, but it's it's pretty much a ghost town now. And you're oh, like, I oh, man, you. I would kill for something like this. And then it's like, dun, dun. And you're like there at night and you like see something move, you know, I don't know why this you're there. Halloween. at night. You know, you feel in the rest. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel it. There's so you many can record that, that in the recording studio, a horror movie about the recording studio. I got that vibe a lot when we went camping last weekend, where like it's it's cold and dark, and you're like, we better get this tent up. It's awfully cold outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple friends, an unknown woods, or something. You know, one yeah. dark secret. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's about right. Yeah. One time, my friends and I at camp made a just a horror movie trailer. And, like, what I learned from that is it's very fun and very easy to make a horror movie trailer. <laughs> it was <laughs> really funny. You don't actually need to, like, explain anything that's going on. And it's just very easy. To, yeah, it was more of, like, a spoof where it's, like, the things that were happening were not actually scary. But... Even if you wanted them to be like trailers, super easy to make. Yeah, that was something good. I have a video on my list somewhere for a trailer, like a fake trailer for a mystery thriller or whatever. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to like spoil too much, but yeah, I really want to make a fake trailer one of these days because it seems fun. I, I would want to see like a trailer for a movie that Gavin stars in, I think. I have like, one of those actually. Is it uh, on the list too? Is it like the mystery, like because I would want to see like a a noir film with like yeah, Gavin. no, that's exactly what okay. it is. That's was, amazing that well, you said that. No, I think like you might have mentioned that one time, and so like came up in my brain, and I was like, did I make this up or did he tell me it? And I don't I think sure. I've told you that. I just think no, we're on I feel the same like wavelength. you have, or I like suggested it or something. I don't know, but I'm pretty this was, sure this was like six. No, this was. This was before COVID. I'm pretty sure you mentioned it one time, though. Okay, maybe I did. Um, And I still love to see it. Yeah, maybe one of these days. The problem is with COVID, I just have so much less motivation to work on stuff because uh, I found that when I'm on campus and I'm going to go home later, it makes me want to work on videos more. But when I'm home all day, I don't really want to. And Mm. um, it's a shame, but... Uh, having deadlines helps, so I'm at least able to get done, get done stuff, get stuff done at a at an okay rate. Did you want to add another what's working? Um, I'm kind of like maybe I should just save it for. But I, I bet I'll think of something by the time you have a dynamic podcast. life. Yeah, stuff will come up. I don't know. I've historically had trouble with this question. That's true. It's not that big of a thing, so I'll mention it. Yeah, I was just gonna say like the other thing I've been listening to quite a bit recently is some tim keller sermons and like they've been re-releasing some ones that like it it took me a bit of listening to figure this out but i'm pretty sure the series they're re-releasing was recorded like shortly after 9-11 
Like it was a series on like nineties, but I could at least one I was listening to recently was about Jonah, and I'm pretty sure it was like after nine eleven because he like mentions terrorism and stuff. Hmm. But it's like, but it's like if you didn't know that specifically, a lot of what he's talking about is like, you know, he could just as easily be talking about today because he doesn't like mention things specifically. Specifically, it's just kind of like the concept of like being like anxious and like afraid of what's going to happen and like changes in the world. And like, he kind of comes at it. Like he applies things to that sort of general mm-hmm. feeling. And it's good. I was listening to those I like a Tim lot Keller. in back in February. I remember. Okay. I just do like the, he has like something on like Apple podcasts. I yeah, think it's gospel and, in life. Yeah, yeah. And like they did. That's what I was listening to. The, the ones I was re- I've been listening to are just ones they've released recently. Like the Jonah thing was like last month. They started releasing them week by week. And now it's like on uh, the parable of the prodigal son. And I don't know how old it is, but I'm pretty sure it's also an old series. So, well, even back in February, the ones they were releasing like every couple days were the same thing where it was like back in the nineties, two thousands that they were. um, So that's probably just what what that podcast is. I'm just like older. Yeah. I mean, like, he's not even archives. Is he? I don't think he's even. Is he preaching right now? You know, I don't think he is. I think he's I think he's focusing on other ministries like not preaching, but doing certain ministerial stuff. I don't really know, to be honest. Yeah. Well, also cancer, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. What was he? What kind of cancer is he diagnosed with? Was it pancreatic? I'm not sure. I didn't. I hope it's not follow it that closely. There are very few good cancers to get. Don't don't smoke, yeah. kids. Parker is trying to Facebook Messenger call me, and I don't know why. Mm. But he was like, "Hey, get off your other call." <laughs> well, I suppose now is as good a time as any to wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks for joining us for this uh, latest edition of Despise for Youth jokes on you it's actually not a yakisoba podcast um we appreciate you listening in on our on our conversation about this stuff we hope it uh, is encouraging to you or edifying in some way but otherwise you know we hope you'll join us on the next one and as we always say here every week stay frost (laughs) i was was like what are we filling this in with as we say every week Let's stay frosty.